This episode of the Be Real podcast is brought to you by Amina Altai Coaching. Amina Altai is a leadership and mindset coach to high achieving women who are ready to take their work and lives to the next level. She helps you break free of people pleasing, perfectionism, and poverty mindset to claim your purpose, find peace, power, and prosperity. She has been called the fairy godmother of careers. She is an expert in residence for Entrepreneur Magazine. She has shared her wisdom in goop.com, NBC, and more. If you're ready to connect to your purpose, release perfectionism, and free yourself of imposter syndrome, use the code BEREAL, a value of $150, and schedule your free clarity call with Amina. Email Haley at AminaAltai.com to schedule your session today. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the Be Real Podcast. I'm Diana Gasparoni. I'm a visionary psychotherapist, CEO, and founder of Be Well Psychotherapy and Be Her Programs. I am Ednisha Salisbury. I am a therapist, speaker, trainer, and co-creator of Black Woman Be Whole. Each week, we will talk about the journey of mental health wellness. We will talk about why your mental health is just as important as your physical health and the connection that being mentally well has on all areas of your life. We will be interviewing psychotherapists, doctors from both Eastern and Western disciplines, authors, change makers, thought leaders, and more. Our mission is to bring you information that is both thought provoking and encourages you to look closer at your mental and emotional well-being. We give you tips and insights to taking the next steps. If you have already gotten into the door, we'll get you to go a little deeper. Each week, we're going to have real conversations, helping you work through your mental wellness questions and reminding you that you are not alone. Mental wellness is our passion. We practice what we preach. It is our mission to touch as many souls as we can with this content and leading you to a place of mental clarity and well-being. So for the next hour, let's work together, lay back on the couch, and get real. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. It is Ednisha Salisbury, and my co-host is here, Diana Gasparoni. Hello, hello, hello. Um, You know, I'm good. I'm good. It's, you know, here we are Friday morning, getting it together, having our conversation, keeping it real. Uh, It's our last episode of our season of our new format. Now we have seasons. I know. Interesting. Interesting. Exciting. Watching things evolve and all the things. I feel like Brene Brown. Brene Brown's got seasons. We can have seasons. (laughs) And it's almost two years now, officially, almost two years that we've been yeah, doing we're, this. It's wow. True, it's true. It's true. We are moving right along. And now we're going to reflect on 2021 and talk about the, our favorites. I like that though. I think we've had some fun. really good guests. So I I'm think excited. so too. It was fun going back and looking over the year and like who we had on and uh, the, the things and the feelings and um, it was exciting. Yeah. I really did enjoy that as well. We're going to fill in for Jess or is Don going to fill in for Jess? We'll find out when we get to Jess. <laughs> so, so not only is Diana and I talking about our favorites, but Jess, she uh, let us know what were her favorite episodes as well. Yeah. And you guys know Jess, you guys have met her. She's yeah. been one. Quite a bit, quite a bit. Yeah. Um, she is traveling right now, so she couldn't be with us today. I'm going to start. Let's do it. Okay. So. My number one favorite was episode 59 with Vanessa Rosetto. 
our society makes us believe that in order to be successful with regards to nutrition is that it has to be very difficult, right? Yes. Because yes. when we go to the gym, you exercise, you work out with your trainer, and then maybe the next day you feel sore, so you feel like something happened. But if you met me, you sit with me and we do work together, right? You have to go home and like execute. I can give you the plan, but you still have to do it because I don't mm-hmm. live in your house. Nobody likes yes. that. You don't right? and like, live in my house yet. Not yet. But soon. <laughs> not yet. Soon. Go ahead. I'll make all, all the meals. <laughs> and, and so the thing here, right, is that, listen, every diet works. You want to know why? Because it's restrictive. You're getting rid of something. So mm-hmm. you restrict and then you're going to lose weight. But like you said, it's not sustainable. Yesterday, I had to only eat meat and eggs because I had to take a SIBO small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. I have all these intestinal problems, which is comical because I'm a dietitian, but whatever. And all I could eat were eggs and beef patties. And I was so depressed. I went to bed. I was like, I do not understand these people who don't, who just do this crazy keto. This is crazy. How do you live? Like I couldn't even, I couldn't even eat a piece of lettuce like that. Like they were like, no, no grains, no greens. I was like, God, this is so sad. I was so upset. And then today, because I weigh myself every Friday, Mm -hmm. I don't come at me. Don't tell me I have disordered eating. I don't want to hear it. I weigh myself every Friday. Leave me alone. So I weighed myself. I was like, damn, I lost six pounds because all I ate yesterday they were eggs and this meat, but that's not sustainable. I, I would never, I mean, I bought ice cream for my after dinner treat tonight because I'm eating ice cream. You like I, I, I'm like so mental over this, <laughs> this thing, right? But listen, if you do those bad diets mm-hmm. and if you do what Kelly was her name, Kelly yeah, Kelly. Told you mm-hmm. to do, shout out to Kelly, you will lose the same amount of weight, except you're not going to lose your mind. And here's the other thing. There's so much narrative around this diet culture where that now every freaking thing is diet culture and nobody knows what to do. There's nothing wrong with teaching your client about food and about what the makeup of the plate needs to look like mm-hmm. so that they could feel satisfied. You're not, I'm not restricting you from anything. I say like you have 30 35 chances a week to make choices around whatever goal you want to achieve. If you can make right. those choices, those if you do that 33 times, you should be able to achieve whatever goal you want. There's no restriction here. You just have to understand if you want, if your goal is to lose 20 pounds, well, then we can't take bottles of wine to the head every night. Like those goals don't align. <laughs> Why was that your favorite? Well, interesting. Well, I was looking it over. Uh, one, in case she listens to this one, <laughs> because I made a friend in my little Hamlet and that made me really happy. <laughs> that wasn't the only reason why I really liked it. I liked her take on her views of diet culture, her views of eating, um, the way that she what the way that she... I, I like Kalina Health, her organization. I think mm-hmm. that uh, it really, it reflects our this similar sensibilities as Be Well does. And that uh, everybody, <laughs> like this is not a white girl problem, right? Like all people should, we should be looking at different cultures and different trends in eating and uh, really talk to people from where a perspective that they understand themselves in their food. And I really liked that. And I also, um, her statistics on dietitians and her overall take on wellness. I really, I just, I, I enjoy her. And plus she's, you know, she was fun. She's cool. She likes to curse. I like that too. 
I think that I enjoyed her as a person, right? Like the things that she was talking about, I thought was super important, but she was just lovely to be around. Yeah, she was. Yeah. She so is. that was kind of cool. She was like super funny. Um, I thought that we uh, vibed really well. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. and I think I wanted her to be, oh no, I had a nutritionist already Yes, when I met her. Cause you know, if not, I would have made her my nutritionist. Of course, that's cause right. that's what I do. But I did refer a client to her. Yeah. So, I referred yeah. a bunch of people to her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, but at the time I had a nutritionist, so I actually need one now again, oh, because holiday you know, season, girl, I, gotta, holiday. I gotta stop taking a pause from like eating good and really thinking through decisions Sometimes I'll just kind of get caught up with life and I'll just kind of start eating with that, whatever. And I'm back there again. So, yeah, I mean, I had, I might be crack. I had cheese and crackers for dinner last night. Like it was a cocktail party. Um, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it happens. Sometimes life just gets in the way. What was your favorite episode? Okay. So my favorite episode was the healing childhood love trauma. Do you remember? Um, her name was Rihanna Mullaney. For the listeners, when I go through this, a couple things. I don't want you at this point blame mom or dad if you had these traumas because the research shows it goes through at least three family generations. So if you identify the traumas, mom and dad had traumas and so did their parents, at least but, three generations. Yeah. The intergenerational and trauma, sure. That's right. Yeah. And then the uh, research shows that uh, people have at least one to three of the top 10 traumas. So most people think, I don't have traumas. I had a pretty smooth childhood. A couple things happened, but I don't have traumas, but you would be surprised. In psychotherapy world, a lot of these would be called little t traumas, but the science showed the impact on the body with trauma in the brain and the cells of the body are still equally as impacted if it's a large trauma, like a car accident or witnessing a death or being a soldier to small traumas over time. Same impact on the body and brain. Okay, so here we go. The first one is if in your environment, so this could have been at home, in school, or in your neighborhood, okay? Um, There was drug addiction in your caretakers or parents. So we're talking, and I told you girls before we started taping that I would mention the the Kaiser Permanente study, which is called the ACE study, Adverse Childhood Mm -hmm. Events. And how this was so different because I did this checklist in 2012 based on my ex-partner and the clients that I was working with. In 2016, I saw their study and I'm like, how could they miss these? How could they miss abandonment? (laughs) How could they miss bullying? How could they miss our LGBTQ population? My kids from foster care, you know, that I took care of at the hospital. So to me, I felt they had missed so much, but their study was still important because with over 17,000 people, they made the correlation of unhealed childhood traumas, impact on the body, and how people uh, get early disease and die earlier if it's not healed. So it's still very important, but we just studied two different areas and our lists were very different. was amazing. And okay. So I think she was amazing. Number one, because she has such an interesting story. Like she came on, she let us know like her trauma with love. And didn't she like divorce her? Did she divorce her husband and get back with him again or something? No, she got it. 
she she divorced him and then she met somebody else but she had like a workbook a book oh yes and she kind of laid out like these like top 10 you know reasons uh like no i guess childhood trauma she 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 laid out like the top 10 childhood traumas which i thought was good she talked about mm-hmm. like having someone who in your family who was addicted to, to um any type of like drug or gambling or any type of addiction she talked about physical verbal emotional um abuse i think she talked about abandonment and she talked about like even um she t- <laughs> sorry don sends us messages when we're doing this and like sometimes i'm like all focused and he'll send some message and he'll make me laugh and so i might as well just tell you guys so i just won't start laughing and no one knows why so i wanted to say it today uh, but she talked about really how she works with her clients helping them you know kind of point things point these things out in order for them to be in healthy relationships. And I think that a lot of people don't want to think about how their childhood impacts them today and impacts their um, intimate partner relationships and their interpersonal relationships. So I thought it was good how she like really lays it out. Mm -hmm. And I do remember the two of us taking notes, taking notes, (laughs) like, no, we were literally, wait, wait a second. What did you just say? Slow down, slow down. Yeah. Yeah. I, I felt like I was getting CEUs. I was like, wait a second. My, is there going to be a quiz at the end? I really enjoyed her. And she was on it. She, she was had a really great personality. Us. Yeah. And yes, you could tell that she does interviews because she was yes. really good. Like she was on it. She was prepared. And I, th- I remember her sending us all of this cool stuff afterwards. She was ready. She was and also I really love that about her. hair done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> drop on. I was like, oh, I'm underdressed. Like the whole thing. Whatever. So she thought For that, me, guys, the- that we were doing video and not just audio. So oh, yeah. she came looking amazing. And I I probably had on makeup because I generally do. But now these days, yeah, guys. Okay, but we know that I did not. <laughs> <laughs> we know that as I was still recent, in my workup clothes. I don't either. Like right now I have a t-shirt on and the scarf because there is no guest. So I get to just, I know, you know the no come guest. as is. Exactly. All right. So that's our number one. And then we have Jess's number one, which Don, also have, are you going to come in Jess? and tell everyone about Jess's number one show I, of 2021? I can, episode? I can, okay. if you ladies would like. Sure, sure, sure. sure. So, so just for our listeners was, was that the energy you were looking, looking for, Anisha, with, with me? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, just checking. He had low energy this morning, guys, when he came in. I was <laughs> yeah. like, mm, We need a know. little bit more enthusiasm from you yeah. today. Okay, so uh, the funny thing about Jess's favorite episode, it's actually Anisha's second favorite episode. I believe, was he during recording or is he now one of your very, very good friends now, Anisha? We know... It goes without saying that it's already Diana's really good friend now. Oh, yeah. Diana is much better at keeping up with people than I am. In my head, they're, they're my friends. Wait, isn't his last name Green? Yeah. Carlton yeah. Green. Dr. Carlton, Carlton Green. Yeah. Ooh, yes. I, I loved him. There are ways that both churches and higher education like to think of themselves as good, benevolent places, right? Oh, yes, they Um, do. Right? Um, (laughs) And what we know is that having conversations about race and about racism 
and about racial trauma and racial discrimination and harassment, those are really difficult conversations. They are inherently messy. They are emotional. They are really not typical for us to engage in, you know, all the time. And one of the ethics around churches and higher education is to be nice. Um, that's a huge piece of the, the way that I talk to folks about racial trauma is, in, 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 and I will add, it's also part of being, being in training to be a therapist. We promote niceness, we promote kindness. And I don't want to say, you know, like there's not a place for niceness and kindness. But what I know is, is that they don't, niceness and kindness don't go together well with racism. No. Right? Um, those just don't go nope. Um, so that that's one thing that the churches and schools have in common. I think that there are there. Um, one of the other things is that th- and this is really interesting, and it's so interesting that you added the church piece on. Is that we have ongoing relationships with people in these contexts, right? Yes. And these ongoing relationships, of course, develop across time, and they can become deeper. Some of them, you know, some of them can still be held at a distance if, if we if we so choose. But there is a promise of relating um, in both schools and churches. And what becomes really difficult there is that in the context of our relationships, so few of us have been prepared or trained, if you will, to actually allow for conflict in our relationships, right? Nobody, none of us really likes conflict, right? right? But conflict is a part of relationships. And in churches and in, in, in the higher education settings, nobody likes to deal with conflict. And then the other piece that naturally grows from that one is that I think that hurt and harm are endemic to people who are in relationship with each other. And churches mm-hmm. and schools don't like to see themselves as being purveyors of hurt or harm or we certainly don't like to think of ourselves as sites where hurt and harm occur. We always like to focus on like the goodness or the outcomes or the positivity Mm -hmm. that that we're trying to produce. What I know in doing this work is that if we don't pivot to, and for me, this is one of the ways that I've learned to start doing the work is to talk about harm and how it exists in communities, how it exists in relationships, especially around race. Because we can talk all day about trying to create safety on campus. We can talk all day about trying to create inclusive classrooms, or we can talk all day about trying to be a church where we are a beloved community. But if we have knowledge, if we have not acknowledged the harm that has existed in those spaces, then we're just painting over something and not necessarily moving forward in a healthy way. So Diana is much better at like keeping up with people and doing her due diligence than I am. Like, you'll just be a friend in my head forever. It's hard for me to be like, oh, hey, it was great. And send like a great email and do all the things I need to get better. That's just to say, no, we're not talking. We should. Maybe I'll reach out. Such a great. It was that was such a great conversation. It really was. was. There was some real synergy. Delightful. Oh, he was funny. Yeah, no, he was very charismatic. Oh, a, d- uh, a yeah, delight. I, re- I really did enjoy our conversation. Um, he had some stuff going on in the background. I think that he had someone mowing the lawn or something. I was like, it was so funny. He did. He did. <laughs> he, had some, he, he had some mowing the lawn. Uh, As we I talked tried- about racial trauma and mental health and diversity. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we asked the question, we started to talk about the church and we started to talk about 
education and the mm-hmm. two entities and how things were similar and how things were different. It was amazing. I, I, yes, I thoroughly enjoyed him. Yeah. He talked about how he bridges what psychology and religion, like mental health and religion. So I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. So what did Jess think about him? The reason Jess wrote that this was her favorite episode and I'll, I'm not going to use Jess's voice because I can't pull it off. Um, But I will say this, this is actually what she said. She said Mm -hmm. he was so easy to listen to and so passionate. I could have kept listening to him and asking questions for hours. So that was her favorite. So um, I just want to point out, that's probably going to be a hard act to follow because now Anisha, you have to give your why of why you thought this was your second favorite episode. I think that there was just like a really good vibe with him. I thought he was super funny. I think I really love people who are very engaging. And Mm -hmm. I felt like he was very engaging and he was very knowledgeable about the topic as well. Mm -hmm. And so I think more than anything, I just like talking to him. Like I can see him being my therapist. Like I can see me sitting across from him like every week for years. Mm-hmm. And so there I think that ease. for me, yeah, there's, a, there was an ease in which ease. you can talk to him mm-hmm. and an um, ease in his cadence on the subject Yes, that he was passionate mm-hmm. and also passionate and compassionate. I think the, the two lived in the conversation, like compassionate uh, around the whole topic for all people to have the conversation, which, uh, yeah, like he could be my professor or my yep. therapist. Mm-hmm. It could go either way. So I think for me, that's why I really like talking with him. He was super engaging. He was funny too, I remember. Mm-hmm. But sorry, guys, you know, some of 20, 2020 and 2021 is kind of a blur because of the trauma of it all. But I, you know, I do remember some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> now on to my second favorite episode. What is that? Uh, well, I think it might have been tied with my first favorite episode. Sometimes it's hard to categorize things, but my second favorite episode is also Jess's second favorite episode, and it's episode 67 with my friend, Michael Lee Scott. So I moved to LA, designing this restaurant, uh, which interestingly enough for me, it was hard to be in LA because at nine o'clock, every human being that I know on the East Coast, the ghost was asleep. So I felt very lonely and was like, oh. But I have this little lesbian friend who lives in Palm Springs and she called me and said, can I bring you to Palm Springs to paint my Winnebago? She had another gay comedian with a camera crew and they were doing a documentary called Out for Laughs to go to all the different conventions in the summer. And I said, absolutely. And she said, we can fly you from New York. I said, you don't have to fly me from New York. I'm in Malibu, I'll drive out this weekend. It was awesome. And I've never been to Palm Springs. so. Nine o'clock, I leave Malibu, which is way too late for traffic, but I put my earbud in, so I had GPS in my ear and I had music playing, and as a New Yorker, I never get to drive anywhere, so I was loving it. So terrible traffic, of course, and she called at midnight and said, are you almost here? And I said, no, GPS says I won't get there until 1.30. And she said, okay, look, my friends are here. They've been smoking and drinking. I don't want anyone driving. They're going to stay in the bedrooms. You're going to stay in the front yard in the Winnebago. We'll leave it unlocked. I'll see you in the morning. So I... GPS, turn right on papaya, and there it is. There's the Winnebago. I dragged my bag over, and she forgot to unlock it. So I go in the house, walk down the hallway, and look at all the bedrooms and think, I don't want to knock on doors and start waking people up. 
because, you know, I don't know what room Shan's in. So I go back in the living room and there are six sets of car keys for all the six cars in the driveway. So I take every car key out and I try to unlock the Winnebago. I can't unlock it. Go back inside, calm down, see the pool in the backyard, go sit with my feet in the pool and look at the stars because it's a beautiful desert night. Go back in the kitchen, get some chips and dip, and I'm standing there eating and I look down at the stack of her mail and read Brian Saldana. I'm in someone else's home. No. <laughs> 40 minutes <laughs> in someone else's house. And when I think I, you were in the right state. If you I, were in another state, that it, things may have went very differently. I looked, at, <laughs> I looked at all the mail and realized, holy shit, I'm in the wrong house. Tears now are dripping off my chin because you're like, oh, no. Oh my God. So I have my Coke and I, or soda, and I backed my way out of the house, leaving every light on. I'm so glad that you took the soda from the refrigerator <laughs> with you as you were leaving. Go on. Uh, get to the front door, very quietly drag my bag out, see everything, go get in my car and completely burst into tears because you're like, holy shit. Look at the car, turn the car on, turn, look at the address and realize I have to go eight houses down. And there's the house with the Winnebago in the front yard unlocked. It was horrifying. So now when people talk about, oh, Robert Downey Jr. was high and he woke up in some kid's bedroom, I'm like, yes, it happened. <laughs> and it did it. It does happen. We now know that mental health is equally as important as physical health. That's why Be Well Psychotherapy has created a space for personalized pathways designed to fully support your particular journey of being human. We provide both in-person and virtual sessions where clients can make real, authentic, professional relationships with a therapist in real time. We ensure our clients feel completely secure regardless of their mental health concerns. The first step is understanding the benefits of therapy, and next is finding a resource that can speak to your specific goals and needs. Our diverse, all-female staff serves 500 patients monthly and are dedicated to fostering growth and change in each session. With offices in Midtown Manhattan and Hoboken, New Jersey, we are here to make sure that everyone has easy access to the best of mental wellness on their own terms. Because maintaining good mental health is something we all need to be doing for our overall wellness and real growth. So book an appointment today at BeWellPsychotherapy.com. He was another engaging, funny guy. Like, wow, I could probably listen to him all day. Uh, yeah, Michael Lee, Michael Lee, Michael Lee. Uh, and listening to the work that he had, uh, he's been doing and has done with Broadway Cares and all and Broadway Bears and what that, the work and the impact and just that trip down memory lane for me and my, I mean, I just love him so much. He's just like part of my history, which it was so nice to see him, you know, like you don't, you can't, we, it's hard to stay connected to everybody in the way that you were connected to them when you were like 21. Um, yeah. So it was just so nice. It's so nice to see him thriving. He actually has an art show up right now, which is uh, amazing. He had painted a I'm sure he mentioned that he works for the Bundy Williams show and he had painted a picture of her. Maybe it was hanging in a dressing room or something. I'm making this part up. Somebody saw it and now there's a collection of his works all somewhere out in the world. I should probably have looked that up, but I'll look it up for the show notes. 
Wow. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. It's very, very, very cool. I mean, and he's, uh, what's even cooler about him is that his talent is just so vast and like, you never know what he's going to do, but his, uh, like the art is, um, individual. Like he, he did, there's no like formal education behind this, what I'm trying to say. Okay. Uh, also just a second. Do you want to say why Don? I can say why. So, um, <laughs> Jess, please do, because <laughs> you sound so much like Jess. This is so fun. <laughs> I can say why. <laughs> I can. Um, so this is what Jess wrote. I did not write this. So Jess wrote, "I have known Michael Lee for a while, and it was nice to hear about him and Diana, and it made me nostalgic about performing. And I think this is my two cents, by the way. That's." what Jess wrote, but I think it was, it was very emotional for Jess and you heard it in her voice when she talked about, you know, she missed performing mm -hmm. and for our listeners who don't know, or maybe this is your first time, uh, Jess does uh, dance. I think she does some off Broadway and Broadway stuff where she dances. Broadway. Yeah. And so she hadn't been able to do that since, well, you know, the pandemic started. So um, it was, it was neat to hear that. And then of course, my favorite part of that episode was hearing, um, I don't know if you guys mentioned the store that it was that, that somebody was a supervisor and somebody was the uh, underling of the supervisor. Um, <laughs> but um, in my head, it was the gap. I'm just going to go with it. So yeah, it was, it was the gap on 73rd and Broadway, yeah. no longer there, but yeah. yes. And so we got to hear that. And then, you know, um, I could just see the conversation between you know, Diana and Michael Lee as they're folding things. And there just, might be. I just wish like there was like a snapshot of like the, the overall look, like I am sure that I had on a leather motorcycle jacket. My hair was long and permed and I had, my nails were too long and I was most certainly put a cigarette out in the door on my way in. <laughs> now we had even more backstory so that was that was good so mm -hmm. and my um, accent was hard 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 boston hard hard, hard. <laughs> mm -hmm. and well during the episode it was funny too because he was already your really good friend diana he was already jess's really good friend and i think as the episode morphed it was also anisha's really good friend at the end yeah um and i think that was that was pretty neat and there was the battle of the barking dogs. That's the other thing I remember that nobody heard, but I mean, as we were recording, you know, monkey did not want to be outdone by uh, Michael <laughs> Lee's dog. So that was, no. that was pretty interesting. So it was a fun episode. It was really fun. Mm -hmm. um, so I think we can move on to um, number three. Yeah. Our number threes. And here's the funny thing about number threes. This is the only one where everybody had a different number three, which I found pretty exciting. Oh, yeah, we all did. So my number three, unfortunately, Anisha wasn't there. That's not what the favorite part. It was because in that, <laughs> because it highlighted. Oh, my God, on, it was my favorite. You were missing. No, 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 no. <laughs> it highlighted the thing that we both do. I came completely unprepared and just. <laughs> started talking to this woman <laughs> and had it been so this is like it was my favorite because she the story she told was incredible but also I was like 
thrown off my game. And like, I, like throughout the whole thing, I was like, oh my God, where is Anisha? Like she would have like had me talk about it beforehand. Like how are we going to do this? Like, <laughs> what are we going to do? So it's episode 82 with Michelle Quay. because I actually got one of the license plate and the license plate, my warm up is your workout. And I have that right there on my license plate. I kind of think your warm up is that <laughs> your warm up is my workout. I've, I'm, I'm kind of, I kind of think that's true. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he said, okay, so where do you want to hike Michelle? I said, well, I think I'm going to go to Machu Picchu. So his jaw drop and his eye wide open. He said, where, where do you want to go? I said, Machu Picchu, you know, Machu Picchu in Peru, Cusco. And he said, well, I heard that people die and people couldn't make it because it's high altitude and it takes a long time to get there. How are you supposed to get there? I said, I smile and I said, well, this is why I have you, right? <laughs> yeah. How, how are we going to do it? Let's do it. Exactly. So ever since then, I've been uh, hiking. I, I started to hike every week. I would put on my day pack. And the first time I did the practice hill out here on my window, I went onto the hike without telling anybody because I'd never done it before. And I didn't want people to know or judge that if I'm unable to complete the hike, just even the baby hike. So I, I kept the secret, kept it quiet. And then when I came down completing the hike, it was about eight miles or yeah, eight miles total. I came back on my way back and I was looking down the cliff and I, I realized that how stupid I was not telling anybody that I went on a hike. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I wasn't going to say anything. I wasn't there. <laughs> but was, my thought was, you gotta go, watch you go, you gotta come down. Yeah. Okay. I'm in. I'm in. So for those of you who have not heard the episode yet, please, please go listen to it and see if you can listen and pinpoint where <laughs> I figure out what is happening in front of me. She's amazing. She's, the, she's, she was amazing. So she starts with what she does. She's an empowerment coach for women and I'm in and I'm like hearing and she goes, I help women tell their story. And intuitively I said, okay, well, what's your story? Which I should have known before I got call and I didn't. And then she proceeds to tell the story. And when she starts, so she's overcome a handicap. She's physically disabled. She, she tells the whole story about how, how, what happened to her, the accident, all of it. And then through a depression and wants to get, wants to feel like better. And she goes to a gym and she <laughs> She does this whole thing. And I'm like, okay, she gets on the treadmill. She decides she's going to hike. I'm like, I'm in. I think she's like, she's in LA. She's just going to hike up to the Hollywood sign. No, Machu Picchu. And I was like, oh, what, what is happening? And then she goes and like, <laughs> just the story of her getting to the top of Machu Picchu. Like the whole time I was like, oh my God, I have my popcorn. Somebody please contact Reese Witherspoon. Where is the book? I'm like, move over, <laughs> Cheryl, Cheryl Hines, or whatever her name is, Wild, just move over. Just move, just 
to the left because Michelle Quay is coming with her book and her story and her empowerment. <laughs> it was so great. <laughs> and then we hung up and I was like, oh my God. And Don's like, well done. I was like, no, well done. It was not well done. I was a mess. You found out about her story when everyone else found out. <laughs> All at the same time, huh? <laughs> no idea. I had no idea. It was just like, it was like when, you, when you're in the room and a patient comes in and they talk to you and all of a sudden you're like, where in wait. God's name did that come from? Like, wait, what Damn. did they just say? Like, what, what did they just say? <laughs> I was like, what, what just happened? And I just thought to myself, you should really prepare. You should really prepare. You should prepare. It hasn't changed anything, but <laughs> I should be more prepared. Well, I'm glad that that was one of your favorites. It so that just hysterical. means that it worked out, right? Like it could have been worse, mm-hmm. but it worked out. It totally worked out. And her story is incredible. It's incredible. We're friends on, we're friends on Facebook now. Me and Michelle. Of course. She asked me, she asked me to climb Machu Picchu with her. And I think I can. She's going back for her five-year anniversary. I was like, I love mm. it. I was like, if you want to go to Hollywood Hills or something, I can I can hike to Hollywood Zone. <laughs> I did look up hikes in my area because I am not a hiker, but I was like, I guess it could, you know, it's a goal, something it's to get goal. in shape for. Something yeah, to do. Definitely. Okay, so that was me. Cause that one was just like I, I the whole thing, everything about that episode cracked me up. And I think I rolled up that day like in a bad mood. Like I don't, I, I, I did not bring my game face till she start, And then I had, and when she started talking, I was like, Oh, something big's going to happen here. But that's the thing about guests, right? Like if you don't bring your game face, you better get it. Especially when there's only one host, <laughs> like you have no other choice, but to pull it together now. It's like something has to snap and go, let's go mm-hmm. get into it. Mm-hmm. Cause there is no one to save you. Like you've been there to save me many times. That I've been just like a little checked out because I've been living in a pandemic checked out kind of thing. And like, I know I can count on you, but it's interesting yeah, when you're no. like there on your own, right? Same. Like something in your head is like, you got to get together now. Snap out of it. Pay attention. Totally. Like when I go on a tangent, <laughs> <Be engaging. laughs> and, like I just like keep going like it's a therapy session and I'm like free associating over here. You're like, bring it back, bring it back. Where are we going with this? And you were not there. And it just... See, like in a, in a therapy session, guys, there's no audience. Yeah. We have an audience here. So she had to bring it back. She had to get engaged. Like she had to play hostess, mm-hmm. like hostess, like it's a damn restaurant. No, but you have to, ho- <laughs> it's like you are hosting somebody. So it was just, it was, I really hope you all take a minute to listen to it because it is some of my best work, but also a very good guest. Tell us about your third favorite episode of 2021, ma'am. Okay, so it was episode 55 mm-hmm. with Melanie Pomerati, Girl Life. So oh, right. I really liked her. Right. She's like, how can you empower women to empower girls? We talk to the girls about how their words hold so much power and their words create their reality. And sometimes we say things that we don't really mean. And that's actually having like 
a, a response to the way we operate in the world. So of course I say this in a way that makes sense for the kids, but we introduce that topic. And then I just open up the dialogue. What do you think of that? You know, has there been a time in your life where you've said something you didn't mean and it had a result that you didn't want in your life? And just talking about that power. Uh, and then we always have a craft. There's always an empowering craft that we do because I feel like when we can get our hands dirty and we can actually physically create something and give it to the girls to take home with them as a visual prompt, it's so, so powerful. Like something so simple in our gratitude workshop, we do a gratitude jar. They just decorate this jar and we give them pretty origami paper and they write their gratitudes in there. And then we tell them, I want you to go home and put this somewhere where you can see it every single day. And I want you to drop a note in every single day. And what happens is we're activating them to constantly be seeking something to be grateful for throughout the day, something to have appreciation for. And we're, pro we're reprogramming them. We're teaching them what it is to be grateful and how it has the power to change your entire day. So each workshop has a craft. And then we also do a nutrition project. We juice together because we talk about how it's not just the thoughts that we think, but it's also the foods that we eat, how we treat our bodies. And so that's kind of like, you know, it's at the end of it all, we, we set up a, a little bar with kale and with oranges and pears and celery. And we have all the girls take a kale challenge and have them really like step out of their comfort zone and put something in their juice that they would never do. And that's usually kale or spinach. Um, they make their own recipes. We juice and then they just hang out and we, they talk about what they learned. We turn on some fun, empowering music and uh, they all call it the juice party. And that's like their favorite part. That's their favorite part. So that's just like a little rundown of what a workshop looks like. I thought about you, right? Because you have the Be Her program, oh, right? I try to empower women. I'm not, at, I'm not yet at the point where I am, um, you know, working with girls. But I think it was um, very interesting because she talked about how when she was a young girl, she always thought about like she wasn't good enough. Everything wasn't enough. And mm -hmm. she noticed that in other girls that she worked with. And she really wanted to do something about that. But mm -hmm. also, I love that she has this certification program, this Girl Life Certification Program. So she empowers women to make their businesses profitable. Like you can right. still empower girls and make money. And I think most of the time we think that if we want to help someone because you're in some type of helping profession, that you don't have to make money or you shouldn't make money. Mm -hmm. And like she's empowering these women like, no, you can do this work and you can still make money. And I think that that is really huge. So that's what I really liked about her, because she really wanted to not only empower girls, but empower women, too. Yeah, I really liked her, too. I like I also liked her get up and go. Right. Like, so oh, she's on the beach yeah. looking with her twins and like has this moment like mm -hmm. this aha moment and then interviews people on the beach about her yeah, and like started signing up parents yeah sign up their yeah kids and then before like she like she was a definitely an inspiration of it doesn't have to be perfect just put your idea out there and she like filled she filled the group as soon as she got back from that vacation 
I think I love that part too, because a lot of times we want things to be, if not perfect, close to it, right? right? And sometimes we have amazing ideas, but we won't get it out into the world because we think it has to be just right. And I love that she's like, you know what? It's good enough. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we have to figure out what's good enough and yeah. put that out there because none of us is perfect. And I don't think people expect us to be. And sometimes we think that they do. She had an idea and she ran with it. Yeah, she and, did. And she's successful. So that's yes, a huge part of it too. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. So I really um, liked her. Jess and the person standing in for Jess. That will be you, Don. This is your moment. Come on Jess. in. <laughs> Jump on in. <laughs> I can't hear yeah. Jess today. It's just... <laughs> I'm probably the ugliest version of Jess there will ever be. Oh, the self-deprecating. Yeah. You're so, very uh, different. Jess is a hottie, though. Just Jeff, is, Jess is, oh, Jeff is a hottie. <laughs> Jeff, yes, he is. But Jess is, uh, she is, she's easy to look at. It's true. She is a hottie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you, ladies. Um, so <laughs> Jess, Jess's episode is episode 86 And it is from our series of my first time in therapy. Didn't realize, I think you'll find this comical, that she just waited for me to talk. She wasn't asking me anything. Uh Uh-huh. I was waiting, you know, I, w- I was waiting for it to be a conversation. Some direction, maybe. Yeah, and, and direction. Yeah, again, like I'm an actor, I'm a dancer. You, you need to give me the note, give me a direction because I'm just going to stand there. Right. Um, so I didn't, I didn't realize about the initiative I needed to take mm-hmm. to start the conversation. So that was a big um, surprise, I guess, to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I forgot your question. <laughs> Were you surprised about the topics that came up? Yeah. Right? Like, you know, again, you might have went in there to talk about something, right? Like, did you, were you surprised of all the other things that may have come up? Um, kind of, I go back and forth because her and I aren't together anymore. Mm-hmm. So I think she asked me why I was there and mm-hmm. then she, we talked about it. And I think she really wanted just to give me points. And we talked about that specific thing of why I came there in the first place. Mm-hmm. So she didn't really, I didn't really like veer off topic, if that answers your question. I think that's also interesting because as therapists, well, for me as a therapist, right? Like I don't get hyper-focused on the one thing, Mm -hmm. right? I think that I'm very curious. So I kind of want to know more, right? And have a better understanding. You're telling me about this one thing, but like, you know, that leads into another and another, right? Right. It sounds like she was kind of hyper-focused on that thing that you came in. Right. Mm -hmm. She was. Do you feel like you wanted more? I did. Um, I mean, I'm sure we can get to this like in another question, but like our sessions like didn't last long. I think she was like, you're cured, which I'm like, sure. Have you met me? I was like, <laughs> and what does that really mean? Yeah. Right? Like, like cured. Yeah. I think she was like, I think we, we can stop or something. I don't know, like verbatim what she said because it was years ago, but mm-hmm. I was taking everything that she gave me, like all the exercises. Um, mm-hmm. she, I think she was, is it CBT? Yeah. Cognitive behavioral therapy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think she was very short-term therapy. So I guess maybe that's a piece of it. Yeah. So maybe again, probably, I didn't know what those letters stood for. So Mm -hmm. when I um, read her profile and stuff like that, so she gave me all these like tips and tricks and I was utilizing them. Yes. Mm -hmm. She told me, but I think it's more of a long-term process using those tips and tricks in the long-term. 
Right. Rather than like, oh yeah, it worked this month. Right. Anything yeah. can happen next month. Yeah. Next <laughs> you know? month, like next month I might forget. I might be a little more dramatic next month. I don't know. that she chose her episode yeah it was good it was a good i actually liked the whole entire series i thought it was really good um it was good to hear all of those perspectives a little bit of behind the scenes of how the um sausage is made i guess is uh we actually (laughs) when we put that episode together it was just going to be one episode and we started the conversation and we realized that this could be it's it's better if we stretch them out and make this, you know, a longer, a, a longer conversation. And I thought it was really good. It was interesting to me to see the first times that we talked about, not just our guests, but the two of you talked about your first times. And I thought that was, that was pretty interesting because the consensus before we went into it was going to be the reason why we went into therapy was because of a huge breakup, which it was funny because our two hosts went into therapy because of a breakup, but neither one of the other guests that we had, the three guests that we had, none of them went in there because of a a breakup. So it was, it was really interesting to see. So I really enjoyed that. So I'll stop rambling and I'll give Jess's reasoning (laughs) behind why she liked this episode. Other than the fact that she was in it, I'm pretty sure that actually had probably nothing to do with it, but, uh, She wrote, I like sharing my honest experience in therapy in hopes to inspire others to take the leap. And I think that perfectly describes the whole entire series in general. Thank you, Jess, for being on there. And uh, I know we're about ready to close the episode out, but I'm going to go ahead and give my favorite episode. Oh, it's not not in the show notes. Okay. Okay. It's not in there. Throwing us for the loop. I am. And so this is going to sound like a really chalk answer. And it's actually all the episodes I thought we did this year. And since we started are my favorites, simply because, again, this is another behind the thing, seeing things. And it was kind of talked about a little bit during this episode is the fact that two of you show up to do the job every single Friday that we have to do this. And it's not easy. You know, before we push play, there's a little bit of relaxed conversation. We talk about things. Well, you ladies talk. I just, I think I just sit here and maybe, maybe say <laughs> one or two things. Mostly, no, There yeah. are times that you are fully in it, Don. So stop. Now there are moments. It's just the two of us going back and forth, but you are in it too. Uh, but I probably, I would say, yeah. Um, but <laughs> I, I'm, I just I'm think just, it must be wild to sit and listen. You just sit and listen and be just like, yeah just want 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 we gotta get it out was it Ses- wait not sesame street which was the one who um that's the peanuts the, the peanuts teacher. The, yeah. the teacher was like no i think that's what you guys think of me every time i say oh we gotta get started and that's what you ladies hear is probably wonk wonk what does he say <laughs> oh yeah we definitely don't hear it's time to get started yeah. so we're ready <laughs> uh but i th- i think i think it's kind of neat that the two it's not kind of neat the two of you work your butts off before you come on every Friday. And then I ask you to, and I jokingly said it before we started, you know, where Nisha goes, Don, you really didn't bring it when you said good morning. The funny thing is they bring this every single recording. And I'm amazed because they're both, 
you know, not just therapists, but they're entrepreneurs and they've got a lot of stuff going on. It's refreshing to see the two of them work their tails off on a weekly basis and show up to do this show. And so for me, my chalk answer is every episode that I am a part of this fun journey with you ladies is my favorite episode. And my favorite thing is the fact that most of the fun stuff that happens is not recorded. <laughs> it's a lot of the behind the scenes <laughs> stuff that is just a good back and forth where, where everybody, I think, and I hope, and I hope this is true for the two of you and, and Jess, if she's listening, is that there's some good back and forth as far as, you know, a little bit of needling here and there, but I think everybody does it in fun. And I think it's a lot of fun and I think it's a fun environment and hopefully, you know, we can keep doing that with this new format we have coming for the new season and you ladies apparently get some time off because somebody's taking over, I think for you ladies for four episodes. Oh, that's right. Before we talk about Liz's takeover for Indigo 108, we know my mother listens, right? So uh, while I was listening to you, because you know, we're entrepreneurs and sometimes I multitask, my mom sends me clippings from the newspaper, a bunch of different newspapers. I love it. Uh, about every two weeks or so she sends them for me and for him so i'm separating them now but we have some topics for us to look at for 2022 many benefits workers don't use employees are wary of mental health benefits to oh. be discussed marijuana as a mental as mental health treatment definitely should be discussed but this one in particular from the wall street journal mm-hmm Imagine if your therapist could access data from your smartphone. Oh, a full page right here in the journal. New apps will help therapists gather information about patients' symptoms and behaviors in between sessions. Nothing is sacred. Y'all, we're going right. Like, this is controversial at best. Thank you, Mama Gasparoni, for thinking about us. Oh, yeah. Um, in the meantime, back at the ranch, what's really, wait, 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 what? Oh, oh. Okay. Diane is over here opening papers as you can hear guys. From the Boston Globe. <laughs> tired of being yeah. told cheer up. Well, okay. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. These are oh, a little Q and a also no, that one's, that one's for the personal trainer in the house. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, there's some stuff. She's extremely might, we, thoughtful. She's extremely thoughtful, and we might have Peg's clippings as a segment on the show. <laughs> I that, love it. That's kind of fun. Open it up and seeing what it says. Well, we could have a whole episode just reading the titles and seeing, <laughs> seeing what Peg has sent. She does, yeah. she does a deep dive into a bunch of different newspapers and sends them our, our way. Yes. So when we take our little break, our mm-hmm. little break, it will also be coming up towards the official change of season. Right. So we're going to have an Indigo 108 takeover and Liz Euler-Walker, our director of health and well-being, will be hosting the Indigo 108 takeover, talking about the health and well-being program and preparing us for the winter solstice. Nice. Yes. So that's what's happening on the Be Well side of things. That's our 411. But we get over there at Black Woman Be Whole. I think when this comes out, you'll already have had your brunch, but there's other stuff going on. So yes, once that, um, I, my workbook is at the publisher, we're just about done. I've sent in all my edits. I'm super excited. 
the title of the workbook is Hey Sis, Are You Okay? And oh, so, I love it. Because <laughs> I think that it's funny because when I start my sessions, I used to ask like, how are you? But I realized that regardless of how people are, they're usually just going to say I'm okay. But right. are you really okay is the real question. So now I no longer start with that. Or if they say I'm okay, I'm like, well, what's behind the okay? Like, give me the real, like, don't give me what you give everyone else. Cause I think we tell people that because we don't know if people can handle what's really going on with us. Right. Or maybe even care. So we're not going to say like, Hey, this is what's really going on. Cause I don't actually know if you have the time or capacity to hear it, but I'm like, I'm your therapist. I have the time. I have the capacity, all of it. So give it all to me. Mm-hmm. But I think so much of the time, we don't know if people are really okay because yeah. they always say like, how are you? Oh, I'm okay. And so like kind of getting down deep in there and figuring out like what's um, underneath the surface. I am excited when this launches so that we can sell it, get it out in the world, find out if we get help, help people be okay. Yes. Um, And that's what we got. We got to, you know, this is, this is the end of our season. This is the end of our 2021 season. Time for the breaky break. Yeah. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) it is. So I think we're going to stop here. What do you think? Yeah, I, I right. think we will. All right. So All right, guys. See you next season. We'll see you in January. <laughs> yes. Bye, guys. <laughs>